Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, y'all. It's time to get started. It's time to get started. Come on, stand to your feet. Simple song says, and we are glad. Yes, we are glad. He's been so good to us that we're glad. Says, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are worthy. You are worthy. Hallelujah. hallelujah. You get the highest praise. Father, we just give thanks for the opportunity of prayer. 
We just thank you for blessing us to be here this morning for this corporate worship service. We pray for love. We pray for peace. We pray for happiness. Father, we pray for all those that don't know you in the pardon of their sin, that one day they will be coming, running, what must I do to be saved? Father, we just give you all the praise this morning. We lift your name up. We pray for every church door that stand open in your name. We pray for those in the hospital and the prison walls. We just love you so much that you have done great things for us, and we give you all the honor, the praise, and the glory. And we lift you up this morning in songs and in prayer. We thank you for our pastor, our ministers on the staff. Father, we just thank you for his leadership, and we pray for the fellowship of this church. Keep us in your care. Guide us day by day. Don't keep us so close together that one can't fall for the other. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Simple song says, Oh, come, oh, come, let us. Yes. Yes, yes. Come on, let's love on him. Come on.
this morning. He started us on our way. And we got a lot to praise his holy name. This is our prayer together. Join me. Oh God, we thank you. We can't even imagine what it was like for those wise men to find you over 2,000 years ago. But we know they had to press, Lord. And, and some of us this morning, we, we're pressing from worrying about the bills and worrying about the house and worrying about the job. And we pressed our way here this morning. And God, we thank you and we adore you. We adore you, Lord. We adore you, Lord. We adore you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. We don't need the season to praise your name, but we're thankful that we can recognize that you were born and it wasn't in any beautiful circumstances. My Bible tells me it was in a stable, in humble conditions, and that it was not even with other people. It was with animals, Lord, and you humbled yourself. You came in a humble state and you gave us a path to follow Lord and we want to say we adore you we thank you Lord we are praying this morning that there are those who are making their way to churches and synagogues and mass all over this world that they can also be adoring your holy name giving you all the praise giving you all the honor you didn't have to do it but you spared us this morning and we just came to say thank you Lord Thank you, Lord. Thank you for giving us another chance to get it right. And now, Lord, as we enter into this service together, praying, Lord, that the words that the pastor will give us this morning, that the word that he shares with us will not only give us something to think about, but it would also give us a message to share with others. Let us leave this place more determined to tell somebody that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. We praise your holy name. We adore you this morning. We thank you for this service. Amen, amen, amen.
come, let us adore him. Amen. Because he is, he is God and he's a good God all by himself. Amen. Just happy to see everybody this morning in spite of the clement weather. But you know, if it was Monday, <laughs> I'm just going to leave that alone. <laughs> Won't you please stand for the response of reading? May we all read together. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill. Isn't that wonderful? Let's say that again like we really mean it. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth good, goodwill. Our hymn for the morning is Jesus, O oh, What a Wonderful Child. Won't you sing with us now? We'll do verse 1, chorus, and verse 1. Amen.
future and the past. So we do thank God for all of his many, many, many kind blessings. We're going to just pause for a few announcements, and we ask you to just be cognizant of those who might need us. We ask that you continue to pray for all of our seeking children members. I know that you know who they are, and they are more than I can announce, but our brother Gross, brother Watson, uh, Mrs. Sylvester, all need our prayers. We all need each other, amen? amen. Let us also thank uh, Mrs. Shirley and other members of the wonderful job that they are doing, and we ask you to continue to pray for them. Uh, I want to remind you of another affair that's coming up pretty soon, and we call it the Christmas Cantata. And uh, who said who? <laughs> but anyway, we want you to pray for that upcoming and just know that uh, we expect to see all wonderful faces in the place. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so very much. We'll get some additional announcements from the media. Media, yawn. Good morning, Kate Chapel. Be sure to join us this afternoon at 3 p.m. for the junior and senior Miss Kate Chapel pageant. The pageant will take place at 3 p.m. in the Family Life Center gym. The time for our annual Christmas cantata is almost here. Join us on next Sunday at 6 p.m. at the New Horizon Church International as we celebrate the coming of our King. For those of you who'd like a ride to New Horizon from Cade, the Cade Chapel van will leave here at 5 p.m. We look forward to fellowshipping with each of you on next week during our annual celebration. Be sure to mark your calendars and take note of our worship schedule for December. On next Sunday, December the 16th, we will have our 8 a.m. worship service followed by Sunday school at 9.30 a.m. and the Christmas cantata at 6 p.m. On Sunday, December the 23rd, we will have our regular 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. worship service and Sunday school at 9.30. On Sunday, December the 30th, join us at 10 a.m. for our joint year-end worship service. No Sunday school on that Sunday. And please be sure to check your bulletins and the bulletin boards for upcoming community events and to share your ministry news with the K-Chapel family. Just send an email to K-Chapel announcements at yahoo.com or you can go to the Submit Info tab on the K-Chapel app. But be sure to get your announcements in by noon on Tuesday of each week. Each week. We also ask you please join us today at 10 o'clock a.m. for the annual Christmas program, and this comes from our general superintendents, uh, the superintendents, uh, superintendent, the, the uh, Christmas superintendent, the entire Christmas, the general Christmas uh, superintendent. <laughs> I get it right after a while. The general super, uh, superintendent is asking for your pleasure and for your face to be in the place. Amen. God bless you. This time now, we're going to pause just for a moment to recognize our visitors. Listen, if you are not yet a member of this congregation, we're going to ask you, if you would, at this time, please stand. Let us thank you for coming and invite you back. All visitors, please stand up. Stand up, visitors. I don't believe it. Stand up, visitors. Amen. God bless you. I tell you so. <laughs> Remain standing. Remain standing. We want you to know on behalf of our senior pastor, Reverend Reginald Buck, our Pastor Emeritus, and the entire K-Chapel family, just so happy that you chose to worship with us today. If you're just visiting, please come in the time you schedule out. But if by chance you're looking for a church home before you leave today, we're going to try to give you something that you will never get before unless you come to Cade. So at this time, we want you to remain standing and get what we're about to give.
we have one individual that wants two minutes of our time, and we ask that you please come this way. My watch has... <laughs> We're going to give her two and a half minutes. How about that? Yeah. Amen. Ooh, and what a journey that has been. Let me first say thank you to my K Chapel family. I started here a few months ago, letting everyone know that God had placed it on my heart to run. And ooh, ain't he good. <laughs> but... And, and along this journey, I, I do want to share two other things that happened because not only for me, but for my two children this year, we all stepped out on faith in some amazing ways and saw some amazing fulfillments. And I just want to share that real quick when I say thank you. My son is a teacher in Houston and he passed both his certifications this year. Some of you may know that long tall girl that comes with me sometimes, Haley. Um, she did graduate and get her master's in medicine and got accepted in the first round to UMC. So I'm so proud of her. That's her dream. That's her dream fulfilled. And just barely two weeks ago, um, when I won that election, I got to thank the members of K because y'all are gangster. Y'all started out from day one. If somebody said, oh, you're not running against Faye Peterson, are you? Because see, that's, that's my church member. And it would always get back to me. And whenever somebody came to K, my phone would start going, is, is so-and-so, no, they're not in my race. You can listen to them. It's okay. So I want to thank all of you for your encouragement, your prayers, your support, those of you who did things, just like and sharing on Facebook. And when you would see me weary on the road, just giving me a hug and keeping me encouraged. And I must say, it's so good to be able to say that I'm a, when I go somewhere and I would say, I'm a member of K Chapel Missionary Baptist Church and my pastor's the Reverend Reginald Buckley. People would go, so thank you for your support. Thank you for your help. And ain't God good. Amen. Come on, let the church say amen. God is a good God. Yes, he is. Amen. Amen. And when we all do what we can do, somebody said everything we do will what look like? A miracle. Amen. Amen. Certainly, we, we do congratulate uh, you on, on that great journey, uh, Judge Peterson now. Amen. And we're looking forward to, I think that investiture is sometime uh, later this month, the 27th. And so we'll be sharing uh, in that occasion with you as well. God is just a good God. Amen. Do want to remind you that this uh, Sunday morning is the last Sunday that you can sign up for your NAACP membership uh, at the eight, at, after the 8 a.m. service uh, in the fellowship hall. Uh, if it's $30 for annual membership, and then you may pay anything uh, that you so desire on your uh, lifetime membership. Uh, who's, who's back there? You're going to be back there? Dr. Who? Who? Brother Cheatham, Brother Cheatham, raise your hand, Brother Cheatham. Make sure everybody see you. Amen. Look for Brother Cheatham. Amen. 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 There's going to come a time when you're going to need, amen, the NAACP. I promise you. I promise you. I promise you. So make sure you do that. Also, listen, do want to let you know, uh, it, it's good. if you are a Christian business person, if you're an entrepreneur, have your own business, uh, wave your hand. Show, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Amen. Well, do me a favor. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. All these Christian entrepreneurs, look at here. Amen. Amen. In business. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Listen, listen. It's, it's good when it's good to know what our people do. Amen. And we can support our, our people in, 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 in many of their ventures and, 
and goods and services that they provide. I want to give you all an opportunity uh, to partner with uh, the New Horizon Church. You know, we will be uh, having our Christmas cantata there on next uh, Sunday, but the weekend prior to that, the Friday and Saturday prior to the cantata, uh, we're going to be partnering with them to host the Christmas Marketplace. Uh, if you are a business person and you want to promote your goods and services uh, to the general public, you are invited to be a vendor uh, at the Christmas Marketplace that Friday or Saturday or all three days, including the Sunday. All I need you to do is contact the church office, 366-5463. The church secretary will give you more information on what you need to do to get your vendor booth set up there. But if you are interested at all in promoting yourself, there is an opportunity for you to do so. Uh, and to continue to get your name and your product out into the community. Amen. God bless you and God keep you is our prayer. Again, it's a timely service where we all can participate. So we ask you to prepare to give and just be reminded that we only do one collection. So we ask you to go ahead and get it out and get it ready. And just be thankful that God has allowed us this wonderful opportunity. Amen. Ushers are coming, and we're going to have some words from the pulpit, and this choir will give us a message in song. So we ask you to prepare to give now, as God has so blessed. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purpose in his own heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, no necessity, for God loveth our cheerful giver. Ushers, choir. Oh 
the trumpet's gonna sound so loud when my Savior comes. Yes, the dead in Christ shall rise. My heart is fixed and my mind is made up. I wanna be, wanna be when Jesus comes. Oh, sign me. We do want to be ready when you come. Bless us now to do as you would have us to do, so that when that day comes, we will hear you say, Servant, well done. You've been faithful over a few things. Now come on up a little higher, and I'll make you ruler over many, where we'll be able to sing glorious songs with the angels of ages. Thank you now, Lord, for this offering which has been taken. We ask that you will bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to ask this meal, of course, that they would come with the final selection for the morning. We know it would help us prepare for the sermon that's coming. So we ask you to just pray and ask God to just fix you and make you responsible and will accept what's going to come to us, and I know that's going to be the absolute best. Choir, won't you come? said you don't have to cry cause I'll supply all your needs 
soon as I stop worrying and then I let go and let God I let him have Struggle. I struggle from day to day. Had to realize it is not my battle. It's not my battle to fight. But I know if I put it in hands, everything will be alright. As soon as I stop worrying.
when I let go and let God, I let Him have His way. stuff too long I, I said somebody's been holding this stuff too long you've been trying to figure it out on your own you've been trying to make it out by yourself and the song said it's just time for you to let go to let go it's too much for you can't do this by yourself. I know you're strong, but you ain't that strong. My God, my God, my God. Wow. Mm. Let go and let God have his way. I want to invite your attention to Luke's gospel, Luke chapter number two. Luke chapter number two, and I want to begin reading at verse number eight verse number eight and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field keeping watch over their flock by night and lo the angel of the lord came upon them and the glory of the lord shone round about them they were sore afraid the angel said unto them fear not for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. That's enough right there. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. As we continue unwrapping the Christ of Christmas, I want to talk from the subject, joy in life's darkest hour. Joy in life's darkest hour this Sunday continues the second Sunday of the Advent season and if you're following the liturgical calendar I'm not following it I'm aware of that it's by design it's by choice wanted to do something a little differently this year and take time and delve into this narrative of Christ's birth and explore it from the perspective of what his coming represents. For if we dare to examine the cultural context of the surrounding realities of Christ's birth, if we unpack this narrative, this narrative, this, this Luke narrative, this this narrative of how Jesus was born. If we unpack this narrative of his coming, we will see that even through all of its Middle Eastern complexities, there is the modern day message of hope, joy, peace, and love for the whole world. Last week, we began to unwrap some of the complicated contexts surrounding the birth of Christ. Recall we discussed the birth of Christ as being a story of tyranny. As Jesus is born into and spends the 33 years of his life under the occupation of a foreign 
country in his homeland. The trip of Mary and Joseph back to Bethlehem was not some young couple trying to make it home for Christmas in time for Christmas presents. Uh, is not them making it home for the birth of their firstborn son. It was because Caesar Augustus had given a decree all across the Roman Empire for there to be a census to count all of the subjects of the Roman government so that they could levy taxes and maintain control by staging military troops at strategic locations just in case there was any insurrection of any type. <laughs> and when you unwrap the context of Christ's birth, you come face to face with this system of oppressive tyranny. There's another part to this story. There is also the story of questionable paternity. Remember, J Joseph is made to grapple with the decision of what do I do with Mary, this woman whom I love, who just told me that she's carrying a child that's not mine. Talk about a Christmas surprise. Joseph is tasked to care for a son and to raise him as his own. I shared with you that there are moments when God asks us to give more of ourselves in ways that we have never planned, to take on causes that we had not considered, to embrace assignments that we had not envisioned, to say yes to needs that we had no intentions, and to even take in people we had no inclination would be ours and to love them as ours. They're children today who are in need of someone to say, I'll stand in the gap. There are children today in this state, in this city, who need someone to say, I will open up my heart to you. Not only will I open up my heart to you, I'll open up my home. Y'all ain't talking to me here. I'll open up my home to you, where, whether as a foster parent, as an adoptive parent, or as a person committed as being a big brother or a big sister. I'll give myself to you because God has called me to offer myself in ways beyond my own thinking. To pull me out of my comfort zone and give of myself in unimaginable ways. But the birth of Christ is also a story of abject poverty. Yes. We have romanticized the scene of the nativity, making it cute, cuddly, and comforting, but there is nothing cute, comforting, or cuddly about poverty. And the Christ child was born into abject poverty, wrapped in pieces of scrap materials, laid in an animal's feeding trough that was used for his bed. There was nothing cute, cuddly, or comfortable about the poverty into which Christ was born. And even growing into adulthood, it didn't get much better. But well, you heard him say to his own disciples, the foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to, I wish I had some Bible readers in here. He was born into poverty and lived a simple minimalistic lifestyle that necessity laid upon him. And all of these conditions paint a rather dark and dismal picture of the world into which Christ was born. The political climate was dark. The economic conditions were dark. The social controversy was dark. 
and the 400 year period between Old Testament Malachi and New Testament Matthew, that intertestamental period where there is no open revelation or word from the Lord, all converge to create a dark period in Israel's history. For 400 years, God is silent, says nothing. The enemy is getting stronger and stronger, and God is quiet. The Lord's people are being oppressed, and God is silent. The Jews are being conquered by one group after another, and God is silent. For 400 years, there is no word of affirmation. There is no word of consolation. There is no word of hope or assurance from the Lord. He's completely silent. And then one cold night, our shepherds watching over their flocks on the Judean hillside there in the quiet of the darkness appears an angel. An angel from the Lord. Now you got to appreciate the appearance of this angel because remember, this was the first time that man had heard from heaven in 400 years. You got to appreciate what, what these shepherds are witnessing. This announcement was the first time in 400 years that earth had a heavenly encounter. This exchange was the first time in 400 years that man had received a word from the Lord. And the angel of the Lord comes to these shepherds who were working the night shift and says to them, fear not. But behold, I bring you good tidings, good news of great joy which shall be to everybody. That's what I want us to try and unwrap this morning together is this idea that in the midst of life's darkest moments, seems like nothing's going the way you wanted it to go. It seems like things aren't getting any better. It seems like situations are at their deepest point and you are at your worst hour. This text reminds us that there is good news that can still bring great joy. Great joy. Not a little joy, great joy. Not, not some joy, great joy. Not, not a little taste of joy, but great joy. Now, for those of you who are in a dark moment of life, let me assure you that I did not come here this morning to minimize your pain. But I did come to contextualize it. Remind you that in it, you can still have joy. No, no, I didn't come, make, come to make light of your hurt or to belittle your situation, but I came to bring attention to the fact that in your hurt, you can still have joy. I did not come to suggest to you that you ought to just get over it and go on with your life, acting like everything is all right and nothing happened, but I did come to remind you of what the Apostle James says when he wrote, count it all joy. When you fall in the divers' temptations, the English Standard Version reads it this way, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. In other words, James suggests that there is the possibility for the believer to face the darkness that life can bring and yet maintain joy. Certainly the Bible testifies of this. Think about the apostles. In the book of Acts, beaten, jailed, 
commanded to never preach the name of Jesus again. And when they were released, the Bible says that they left that experience rejoicing. Rejoicing that they had been counted worthy to suffer for the sake of Christ. Think about Paul and Silas who, who were also beaten to within an inch of their lives. They were put into the innermost cell and their feet and, and, and hands were locked in, in stocks together. But the Bible says that at midnight, talking about in your darkest hour, at midnight, Paul and Silas started singing and shouting. And it wasn't a little light singing because the record is that everybody in the jail heard them. They had been beaten. And yet they had enough joy to keep on singing. I don't believe you're praying with me today. Think, think about the writer of Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews who says of Jesus, he says, looking unto the Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Here the author of Hebrews is making the point that facing the prospects of a cruel cross on a dark hill, Jesus did so with the joy of man's salvation before him. In other words, the joy of the purpose helped him to endure the pain. When he looked past the pain of it all but saw that the fact of him dying on the cross was going to secure our salvation, Jesus said, you know what? I'll do it anyhow. Don't, don't fool yourself. I don't believe Jesus was happy about doing it. Why do you say that, preacher? Because go with me to Gethsemane's garden. Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from my lips. I, I don't think he was happy about it, but he experienced the joy of knowing that when I do this, I will have done my father's will. And the salvation of mankind will have been secured forever and ever. And for that joy, he endured the cross. All I'm suggesting to you is that as a believer, you can face life's dark days with joy in your heart and resonating within your spirit. And let's, let's, just, let's just be honest with this for just a second. Life can bring you some dark days. Do I have five or six witnesses in this house who don't mind admitting that even on Christmas that life can bring you some dark days? The dark days of losing loved ones. The dark days of divorcing a spouse. The dark days of diagnoses that are dire and prognoses that aren't positive. The dark days of breaking up with a boyfriend or growing apart from a girlfriend. The dark days of losing a job or being demoted or being looked over for a job promotion. The dark days and you don't get through those dark days with a smile on your face. There's no need of believers putting on super Christian cape and a facade of faith acting like life doesn't hurt sometimes wish I had a witness in here acting like life doesn't deal some devastating blows that shock you and shake you even to your core Christians get rocked by life too 
No need of you acting like something wrong with somebody when they ain't smiling all the time. Devil is a lie. Sometimes I don't feel like smiling. And it don't make me less of a Christian or less of a disciple. I had a bad week. Quit looking at me like I'm supposed to smile every time you see me. I'm human too. Talk to me, somebody. And it does not mean, and listen, that's, that's what you got to understand. That's what you got to understand. The difference between happiness and joy. See, see, because things that can happen during the week can make me not happy, but it never takes my Wish I had a witness in here. Yeah, yeah, it, it might change the smile into a frown. That's my happiness, but my joy is still on the inside. Christians do get rocked by life. There's nothing that says that you have to go through life with a smile stuck on your face. Sadness and grief are a part of life too. They are as much a part of life as joy and happiness. You are no less faithful in your discipleship by acknowledging yourself. That's one of the things get on my nerves about Christians. Y'all don't mind if I talk, talk about us? Can I talk about us for just a second? One of the things that get on my nerves about Christians is that we don't give other Christians room and space to work through their stuff. And, and, and we, we, we try to box them in and try to act like they always got to be on point. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. And, and, and we want to cut them off before they can really deal with their stuff. We want to cut it off and not let people cry out to God. Cut it off. Hush, don't do that. Don't, don't let people question God. Don't, don't let people grapple with their faith and in so doing find a deeper meaning in God. But don't you understand that this is how we got the majority of our Bible? By people who had questions, who were dealing with life, as it was handed to them and who had the time and the space to talk to God in their anger. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. What do you think the Psalms are? Psalm 10, Psalm 44, all of these Psalms are men who are crying out to God about life as they see it as being unfair. Psalm 10, the psalmist says, why standest thou off O Lord, why are you standing off from me and why are you hiding your face when I'm in trouble? David, David in Psalm 22 says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken? Oh, you thought that was Jesus. Yeah, Jesus just quoted David on the cross. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That's David in Psalm 22. We celebrate Job and his faithfulness when he says, uh, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What great faith. And we celebrate that faith. 
But keep reading Job. Go on around chapter 23 of Job. Job in all of his great faith says to the Lord, Lord, if I knew where I could find you. He said, I would stand before you and fill my mouth with arguments against you. That's the same Job, y'all. Psalmist in Psalm 13, the one I call the original How Long Blues, says, How long, Lord? How long will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted above me? It is from such cries and through such questions that some of our best loved scriptures are written. And when we allow people to explore the brokenness of the soul through the lens of faith, you get stuff like the psalmist ending in Psalm 30 when he said, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy, joy comes in the morning. I love that verse because... It does not whitewash the reality of grief or make excuse for the sentiment of sadness and neither does it ignore the fact that the darkness of night will come upon all of us at some point. Weeping may endure for a night. In the figurative language, night is not a precise moment of time, measurement of time. But it is a general expression of a dark period and the good news is that our dark periods are not forever. But joy is coming in the morning. This angel in today's text declares the good news of great joy at a dark moment in Israel's history. Which should provide for all of us the hope that our darkest moments can be interrupted with good news and great joy. How you ask. How can I have joy in the midst of darkness and despair? Especially this time of year when everything is supposed to be merry. Cheery, bright, and happy. How can I have joy when I'm depressed, preacher? How can I have joy when I just was met with a devastating blow? How can I have joy when the landscape of my life has been altered forever? How can I have joy? First thing you have to keep in mind, it's what I've already said, biblically speaking, joy is different from happiness. Certainly the expression of joy oftentimes results in happiness, but the experience of joy goes much deeper than happiness itself. Joy speaks to the essence of our heart's attitude. And here's the thing, with the right attitude, we can face dark days without losing joy. German theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer was teaching in the U.S. when Hitler began his Nazi movement. Bonhoeffer was teaching at Union Seminary in New York. And one of the things that Hitler did to spread the Nazi regime was to suggest to the German churches that you could be a Christian and a Nazi. Sound familiar? He was able to grow the Nazi movement through the German church. 
convincing them to teach that Christianity and Nazism were in fact compatible. In fact, his, per his point was to be a good Christian, you had to be a Nazi. Bonhoeffer recognizing the diabolical danger of such doctrine twisting and hearing the reports of Jews being put into concentration camps and killed left Union Theological Seminary where he was teaching and left the Abyssinian Baptist Church in Harlem where he was worshiping that's right he was worshiping with black folk y'all he left that and returned to Germany to create a resistance movement against such teaching his friends in the U.S. tried to convince him not to go back but to stay in the United States and to fight this fight from the safety of the seminary, from the safety of the academy. Bonhoeffer refused believing that God was calling him to go back to his homeland. He goes back and he begins the resistance movement called the Confessing Church where he preached and taught that in fact what Nazism spread was completely opposite. To Christianity. The two were incompatible. And in 1943, Bonhoeffer was arrested. Arrested and shortly he was sentenced and put into the same concentration camps that the Jews were put into. The last report, the last known report, Bonhoeffer in the concentration camp is written by a British officer who was a fellow prisoner of Bonhoeffer. And here's what he wrote about Bonhoeffer as he observed him in this concentration camp. Listen to what he said. Bonhoeffer was all humility and sweetness. He always seemed to me to diffuse an atmosphere of happiness, of joy in every smallest event of life and of deep gratitude for the mere fact that he was alive. He was one of the very few men that I have ever met to whom his God was real and ever close to him. End of quote. Certainly, Bonhoeffer was not happy to be in a concentration camp. He was watching some of the most violent crimes against humanity take place, and he himself was about to face that very same end. But in the middle of all of this, he diffuses joy. You see, joy is not based on the external things happening around you, but the internal disposition within you. And sunny day can make you happy, but a cloudy day can make you sad. That's all about your happiness and emotions. But if you have joy, it does not matter if the sun is out or if the clouds are out because I've got the S-O-N inside of me living that allows me to diffuse his joy. That's why we sang that song, This Joy. I have. The world didn't give it. The world can't take it away. Situations can't take it away. Problems can't take it away. Storms can't take it away. Sickness can't take it away. Mean folk can't take it away. Ain't what I wanted to say, but you. Ugly people. People who do you wrong can't take it away. It is a joy on the inside. Here's the good news that yields great joy. How do you have this joy? By knowing that God walks with you through adversity. God walks with you through adversity. That's the whole point of Christ's birth. Watch it. Emmanuel. God is with us. For unto you a child 
is born. This is the good news of great joy that God has come in the form of a child and he is with you through every step of your life. And he says this, I will never leave you or forsake you. That's what brings me joy. That's what allows me to remain joyful knowing that even when life changes, I've got a God who stays right there. Anybody in this house today who knows and can, and can testify, yeah, I've been through this and I've been through that, but through it all, God stayed right there. Folk who I thought was going to stand by me left me, but God stood by my side. That there were people who meant well, but, but didn't end up doing well. But God never disappointed me. He's, he's a friend who sticks closer than any brother. He stays with me. But then how do you keep joy when you remember that because he's with you somehow, God will deliver you. That's what, that's what that psalmist is saying. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming. Is coming is the point of deliverance. It is saying that because God is with you, he's not going to leave you in that condition. Here's what I need you to understand. Put this in your heart. Put this in your spirit. No matter how messed up the thing is right now, the worst thing is not the last thing. Mm -mm, you didn't get it. The worst thing is not the last thing. There, there, there are any number of things that we can go through. And the severity and the seriousness of it makes us feel like life is over. And in the middle of life's darkest moments, I need you to know that light is going to come. If you trust in the Lord through your pain, even if the circumstance does not change, your sadness will. If the outcome doesn't change, your outlook will. What are you saying, preacher? Don't, don't get caught up in that thing, thinking that what you're in right now, and this, listen, listen, let me say this to our young people, because this, the, the young people listen to me real good, because it's real easy for you at the stage of life that you're in to think that what you're going through yeah. is the end. Amen. And, and you should never make a final decision on a temporary issue. Amen. What are you saying? I'm saying, it. I know it feels real bad right now, but that ain't where your life going to end. I, I, I know you think it's the end of the world and it couldn't get no worse. I promise you, life is going to keep going. And you just keep waking up. I know, I know it didn't happen the way you wanted it to happen and, and you're embarrassed about it being what it is and, and you think mama and dad is going to have a fit and have a cow and, and, and life for you is just going to be over. Yeah, they're going to be mad and you're going to get yanked one or two times. Yeah, that's going to happen. Get ready for it. But guess what? Joy comes in the morning. 
Deal with it. Deal with the disappointment. But don't make a final decision on a temporary issue. That's going to change. And I'm just encouraging you, young people and old, to wait till your change comes. Hang on till your change comes. Weeping may endure for a night. But joy is coming in the morning. Hang in there. Hang on, somebody. I need you to tell your neighbor, hold on, hold on, hold on. Somebody was giving up this morning. I need you to tell them, don't you give up. Hold on, hold on. Hang in there. Change. Change is coming. Don't you give up right now. God is faithful. And where you are right now is not where you're going to end. Where you are right now is not where you're going to end. Where you are right now is not where you're going to end. God is with you. And that's why we can have joy. That's why, the, that's why the angel came and said, I bring you good news of great joy. Watch this. And it's for everybody. Next Sunday, we'll get into the for unto you a child is born. But my prayer is that you will experience the joy of Christmas even in life's dark moments. Because Jesus is the center of the believer's joy. If you're here this morning, I want to invite you to let Jesus be the center of your life and let him remind you of this joy that you have, this joy that is not going anywhere, but is a joy that remains in life's darkest moments. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, however bad it feels right now, God is still with you. He has not left you, he has not forsaken you. And he's going to help you get through this. He's going to help you get through this season, through this moment, through this issue, through this sickness, through this loneliness. You fill in the blank. Whatever it is you're going through, God will help you through it. He's the center of our joy. The invitation is extended to you now. Wherever you are, whoever you are, you are invited to come. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus, you're the center of my joy. All that's good. All that's good and perfect comes, comes from you. Hallelujah. You're the, you're the heart my of my For all I do, Jesus, Jesus, yes, you're the center of my joy. You don't know Jesus Christ, won't you come? When I've lost my direction, yes. the compass for my way, yes. you're the 
fire and light. Hallelujah. When the nights are long and cold. You don't have a church home. You come now. You come now. In sadness. You are. You are the laughter. Yes. That shadows all my fear. My when I'm all alone. Your hand. Your hand is there to hold. Oh, Jesus, you're the center of my joy. All that's good and perfect comes from you. You're the heart. The center, center of my joy, of my Say, joy, Jesus, Jesus, you are, you are, you are the center, the center of my joy, of my Say, joy, Jesus, you are, you are, the center, the center of my joy, of my joy, joy, Center, center of my job, my job, my gladness. When I'm feeling low, you are, you are the laughter of my soul. You're my joy. When I'm feeling sad, you are the lifter of my head. Say, Jesus, Jesus, you are. The center of my joy, you're my joy, you're my joy, you're my gladness, say you are, say Jesus, 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 yes you are, you are mine. My joy, you are the laughter of my soul. Say, Jesus, you're the center of my joy. church I just want to say God is good my heart is heavy today I lost my dad Roy Childs in March of this year and I lost my mom two weeks ago Ruth Childs but I want to say this church has stepped up to the plate I mean we have a funeral committee they were awesome in helping me to make the plans for my mom and she went out I wasn't expecting it but she was tired 
And I brought her here a month ago. She yeah. wanted to come to church for her birthday, and you know she gave her testimony. So I know she's in a better place. My heart is heavy, but I have joy because God is holding me up, holding my family up. And we thank you for all the cards, the letters, the food. I mean, you all were just beautiful. Thank you, Kay Chapel. Hallelujah. Amen. Have a word of prayer. Have a word of prayer. Let us pray. Father God, we come now thanking you. Thanking you, Lord, for this day. For giving us the ability to return to this place under our own power for giving us strength, for comforting us when we needed comforting. But most of all, Father, we thank you for the joy that we have inside on this day. Lord, we could not have come this far without you. And we just want to say thank you, Lord. Now, Father, we ask, oh Lord, that you would just bless those that are in need of your help this morning. When the way seems dark, oh Lord, let them know that you are there. When it seems there is no end, let them know that you are there, oh Lord. Father, we ask, oh Lord, that you would just wrap your loving arms around them. Keep them all in your loving care. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. Won't you stand? Won't you stand? Hallelujah. Let the church say amen. Oh, okay. There you go. There you go. <laughs> amen. Let's sing that church song together. Let the church say amen. God has spoken. Let the church say amen. Hallelujah. Sing together. Let. henceforth and forevermore in the name of the father and of the son of the holy spirit amen amen god bless you go with me